wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second best podcast of the A7FL. This is the other side of the ball. I am the host of the show, like always, KC Cox. Alongside me, my two co-hosts, it is the division owner, Hall of Famer of Minor League Football, Derek Duncan Double D. And of course, it is as well, Mr. Chris Vera. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? What up? Living well. Doing good. How you doing, Casey? Doing well, doing well, and um, finally got into a a permanent, more permanent place, so that's even better. Um, And joining us as well tonight, we do have a very special guest. He is the coach of the defending West Coast champions, the Las Vegas Force. It is Coach Big Mac. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing real well, fellas. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, and I see now we also have, it is the quarterback, of the team of the defending West Coast champs. It is Rock Briscoe. How are you doing tonight, Rock? Oh. I'm sure he's good. He <laughs> 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 might have to stand muted. <laughs> Rock, if you were talking, we couldn't hear you, but we'll uh, fill in until you're ready to rock and roll. Just pop in and say what's up when, when you get your audio situated. You know, they're saying no news is good news. <laughs> I'm actually seeing that his mic is not turned on. Not that he's muted, but he hasn't hit the uh, accept the audio button yet. The there audio. he is. There he is. Big Rock in the house. What's going on? What's going on? You pressed the right button. We're, we're glad to have you, man. Uh, glad to be here, man. What y'all talk about this evening, man? Uh, well, I'm waiting to hear. I, obviously, we got you guys on the line, and there's a lot to discuss between the last time we had you on and today. So uh, it's Casey's deal, so we're going to let him lead, and we'll, we'll all fill in. Okay. All right. Well, I, I kind of wanted to start off with just kind of the time that you had in between um, your fall seat or your spring season last season um, and your trip over to the East Coast and the loss to BIC and the time you had in between getting back on the field this spring um, and kind of what you've seen in your eyes that's changed in the way uh, that Las Vegas is playing A7FL from last season in comparison to so far this season. 
Well, um, to start with just the difference in comparison from uh, last season to this season, um, I think the fall, the fall season was a uh, was a was a pretty big deal as far as like um, after what it was as far as following up with the with the season that we had to start because um, we got got a lot of notoriety that first season and then following up with this fall season, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of local people uh, out here in Vegas, you know, decided to partake. Uh, you know, in our league, so it expanded quite a bit over them uh, over these two seasons. So now the competition is a little stiffer. It's a little, more, it's a lot more competitive now, and it's just uh, which for me makes the game much more fun. You know, because so, people are taking it a lot more serious uh, than they were when you know we first got started, because everybody wasn't really aware, you know, of the game and how we play here at uh, seven and fifth. So I think that was pretty dope. Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment, and also, right? If, if, if I think it was a great idea to have the fall season, give those that didn't have a – who didn't know or was unaware about that first season to participate and get a feel and if they like it. And, you know, obviously everybody's like, uh, you know, into it now. And I, I don't really see nothing but growth from here, to be honest. I think we're going to continue to get bigger, you know, bigger and better and even more competitive as uh, years go on. Me, myself, personally, I'll probably be coaching here in the near future about that time for me, but I love the game, so, you know. I, I heard Mac was looking for an offensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, you got a lot left in the tank. You got a lot left in the tank, Rock. Don't, don't hang him up too soon, but when you're ready, you know you know we'll, we'll collectively as a league, we always have a spot for you, my man. That's what's up, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, when we first met, how excited I was, man, to, to see that you was even, um, you know, doing this out here, man. I couldn't believe it. I had been a fan of the A7FL for a few years, and it kind of blew my mind that it was, you know, finally out here on the West Coast, let alone in Vegas. I was like, oh, man, yeah, we got to – let's make this happen, man. And, you know, here we are today, bigger and yeah. better over just – you know, the course of a, of two seasons, you know? So what, what Rock is talking about for the listeners who will be tuning in, uh, Rock and I actually met at Jamboree 2022, and he was not yet rostered. So we can't, showed up the Jamboree. We were just still trying to build this division out. Probably 30 dudes showed up that day ready to play football. So we just split them out into two teams and had them play a day of A7FL football. Rock was on the sidelines, liked what he saw talked to Coach Mack, brought his boys together, and they built what eventually became the force roster out from, from that day. So uh, from the humble beginnings of where we started this thing, Rock, to a championship, uh, we, we really haven't had a chance to talk in front of other people and let other people talk hear what we, about what we've talked about. So now's a really good time to do that. Mac, you and I have been on a couple other podcasts together, so we've got a little – we aired a little bit of this, but – Rock, since I've got you, I, I wanted to understand, if, do you listen to the three-on-one podcast from back East and hear all, how frequently you get talked about on their show? Um, I listen to it here and there. And then when I do miss it, when they bring up my name in certain lights, you know everybody going to hit up my phone and let me know. I okay. usually don't. Uh, so, you know, whenever they get to talk in a certain type of way, people can't wait to reach out and let me know what they said. You know what I mean? Or if they... <laughs> If they, you know, just send me an audio clip or if they just send me the link to the to the podcast so I can go back and listen and check it out. And, uh, 
I be hearing stuff, man, but to be honest, I don't take it personal at all. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is entitled to their opinion. And then, you know, I've been around so long um, as far as playing this game of football, like on a, you know, like semi-pro level. A7FL is new out here, but as far as the football scene here in Vegas, you know, I'm already a, I'm, I'm a pretty household name, man. I done, I got multiple championships, you know, and I just uh, – I don't let it bother me, man. I think it's good for the sport. It's good for the league. It's good um, – you know, it's just good to give somebody to talk about whatever, you know, and then it also, you know, I'm competitive, so people start talking a certain type of way. I get a, you know, get a chip on my shoulder. My coach don't – and he go egg it on like he a rock, you know. Do what you got to do. You hear how they talking, show up with some type stuff. You build up there. He don't really, he don't really have to say that to me, but he give me that look. Let me know, like, hey, you know, just do what you got to do. And you know, I, I'm, I'm head first with it, man. I don't mind. Yeah, that's what's up. And and I asked because I specifically wanted to talk about the good of what comes up on those podcasts. And your boy Corey Hammond, every time he gets the opportunity, tells the entire world you're his favorite quarterback in the A7FL. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I like Corey, man. He always, he always stick up for me, man. You know, us, us older, uh, us older players and our QBs in the league, man. He makes sure he, you know, he he, he hold us down out here, man. So I appreciate Corey, man. <laughs> Just say veteran player. You ain't got to say older, because when you say older, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, us, <laughs> us veterans, <laughs> us veterans, man, please, us veterans. Please use vet because when you say older. <laughs> All of a sudden, that brings my ass into it, and I'm just exactly. waiting to play the game. So don't say over. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, that's bet, man. That's bet. That brings both of us at that point. Yeah, <laughs> Corey hold it down for us, man. You know, I appreciate you for that, man. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm a fan either. I'm a fan of everything A7FL, to be honest, man. The podcast, from the sports to the commentary to everything that go on in the league, man. I, I, I just sincerely want to see it flourish, man. I enjoy it. I've been a fan for quite some time, so I just appreciate being able to, you know, be a part of it. Actually, you know, I had the opportunity to play and still playing. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's in my plans to be, you know, a part of it in any way I can, you know, period. You know, even even if, even after I'm done playing, playing the game, you know. Yeah, and I want to come back to that. I want to bring Mac into the conversation so he doesn't fall asleep on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he is older. Oh, I was gonna say. Hey man, hey man, hey man, get off my coach, man, get off my coach. <laughs> like, hey, appreciate you, Rock. <laughs> yeah, no, no matter no matter how old people think Mac is, ain't nobody gonna challenge him on this phone. <laughs> we uh, all know no, that. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> that bad knee, the only thing I'm going to do is run from you. Mama didn't raise no fools. I'm running. Right. <laughs> born, at, born at night, but not last night, gentlemen. Right. <laughs> so, Coach Mack, to bring it back to you, I, I did want to uh, talk about the strategy for you uh, deciding to not play in fall, go in the lab, I'm sure you heard people, me talking you guys up specifically, saying, watch out, the force is going to be all that in a bag of chips when they come back. And I still think you are, not to take away from what Sickwood it was able to accomplish last week, but I still think you guys are that those dudes, and people are going to need to realize that just because you lost one game, you're not going to come back. You're not going to not come back bigger, better, stronger again. So I want to talk about the decision between spring and not playing the fall and – 
skipping Jamboree and then stepping out week one for a tune-up game with the pit bosses at, like that that time frame what i guess first off what was the d- d- primary factor in making the decision to not play in the fall uh, i think it was twofold i think um the first one was was the uh financial consideration um we knew that we had to collect money uh from, from some of the guys for us to uh to participate or, or at least uh that was the uh uh, what we, what we, what we thought, and uh, and the second part was just the health of the team. We t- we really developed a, uh, a off season program uh, for the, for our for our organization, which included um, practicing and weight room work. I was sitting on these guys uh, the workout expert uh, training uh, that I provided uh, to the guys, and we wanted to make sure that these guys that were banged up at the end of the last the last spring season were healthy enough and developed their skills enough because let's face it everybody was fit fresh off the couch last year so i wanted them to have a chance to actually get in shape um in order to uh to be prepared for the next spring season um uh, so that was really our, our thinking uh for for the us not participating in the fall we didn't want to put an inferior product out there uh we knew that we were the uh the defending champions and pretty much the face of the West Coast uh, for the A7FL. So we knew we had to, when we step on the field, we had to present a very good product. And I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with doing that um, in the fall. All right. So I'm going to say in front of you, God, and everybody right now that initially I hated the decision. And you and I talked about that. We're, we're, okay. we're obviously, we're obviously good, but I hated the decision at first. And then as it became the topic of conversation on every podcast anybody ever did, I'm like, man, that's the best thing that's ever happened to the A7FL. <laughs> that's all anybody can talk about. It is, it, it's <laughs> driving attention, getting people focused on us, people that are on the fringe are like, do I care about yeah. this league? Oh, here's this team that just won a championship that's not playing in this fall division that's on TV. Like, oh, my God. Wait, when they come back, oh, my God. Like, it Bruh. turned out to be – the hot topic of the summer <laughs> along with the season that we put on. So uh, I, I want to say publicly in front of everyone, I love that decision now when I look back on it. So uh, as, as Tom Brady said, when he retold the story uh, of the, uh, the Chinese proverb, maybe like, you don't know what the outcome of something is going to be until you have some time to look back on it. So, you know, I can just get somebody hand, hand me a million dollars a day. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then I find out it's because, you know, somebody that I love passed away and it was a check from their inheritance, from the inheritance, you know, you you, you don't right. know until you have a chance right. to look back on it. So right. I feel you. <laughs> so although I really wanted y'all involved, I'm I ultimately I'm glad you stayed out and it had so much intrigue every week. And then week one, the product you guys put on the field, how good it looked. Although, you know, pit bosses right now look look, look more like a tune up team for, for the two games they've played, right. but there's some real talent on that team. You know, like a, a guy we had picked as a early uh uh, rookie of the year candidate in K Uno for, for this coming season has not been able to get off the snide, but he's on that field and he's dangerous. And the minute he gets loose, there's a touchdown that, that in his back pocket virtually every time. So they got a lot of talent, but you right. guys handled them very well and, you know, put, put them to bed early and uh, came out week two and put on a great show with, with sick, but got, you know, two very, very talented teams 
to uh, very different styles of play and ultimately sick would it got the best of you guys this go around and i don't think anyone that it, that follows a7fl nevada thinks that there won't be an opportunity that you guys will meet in the playoffs or, or chip depending on how everything fall, falls you know comes to pass right. i think uh and one of the things that i want to get into on this show with you guys as well is later on in the show is you know the the structure of the playoffs and the elite teams versus the guys that are still developing and what that's going to look like for us moving forward okay. so uh but uh, week one, pit bosses. What was your guys' feeling collectively? The, uh, that, the question's out to both of you guys. Well, uh, I'll start, Rock. Um, we just wanted to show up and uh, present everybody with the, the deluge of talent that we had. We knew that the, it wasn't going to be a very competitive game uh, because we knew with all the pieces that the pit bosses had, in the in the fall, what with the team in, in the spring. So, um, you know, we didn't want to get overconfident, but we did want to showcase to everybody that uh, even though we didn't participate in the fall or the jamboree, that uh, you know we we have a a product on the field worth paying attention to, and uh, we just want to show everybody that the talent that we lost, uh, while it they, it did hurt us, uh, we were able to fill those holes pretty um. Um, not easily, but uh, we were able to find talent to replace those those athletes um, because that's that's just how football is. It's next man up mentality, and if you lose great talent, you have to go out and find great talent. And uh, fortunately, we have the uh, the players on the team, and Troy, uh, the owner of the team, and Rock knows everybody in the in the community that we're able to uh, to pick up those few pieces that we lost. Um, so the pit bosses, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a vendetta there. I have to admit because. Uh, after they ran, you know, had the success during the fall, you know, there was a lot of talk about how they're going to run up the score on us and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we came in there with a little bit of uh, chip on our shoulder. But as the game progressed, we realized that this wasn't the uh, the team that was talking to smack. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we handled our business accordingly and uh, just was able to get everybody on the team um, a, a little bit of playing time so they got their feet wet. And um, we just wanted to show everybody you know, what type of talent that we have. But I do want to say one thing before I let Rock take take uh, this question. Uh, yes, the reason why we didn't um, participate in the, in the Jamboree, that was actually, we allowed the team to make that decision. We put it to a vote and the, and the majority of the team didn't want to participate in the Jamboree because it was uh, they figured they wanted to, sh to save what we had to show um, in that game against the pit bosses. And th that's fine. We, we had a great Jamboree day. We actually... I think ran a little long where people were willing to just shut it down towards the end. Cause there was a clear winner out there. So I, I don't think that was a bad decision for you guys at all. Either could have been a little more tune up, but you got all the tune up you needed with the game you actually played. So I don't know that you could have predicted that, that week one was going to go that way, but ultimately it landed exactly the way you needed it to be where you didn't need to be at Jamboree anyway. That's true. That's true. Maybe, maybe you are Max Stradamus. <laughs> <laughs> you know some shit that we don't know from time to time. <laughs> well, you know, um, I am in touch with uh with different forces around the world. You know, <laughs> right, right. Well, so, hey, so Rob, Derek, you did you yeah. did say at the beginning that, that I needed to talk to to Mac because he talks about some stuff that we don't know about or we know about, but he could go deeper. <laughs> Obviously, what you just said, there's something to it. Yeah, I, I follow Mac on his Facebook page. Like, 
every post he puts out, I go read because there's some knowledge in there that I typically either I'm <laughs> on opposite page and he's educating me on some shit that I need, I need to be aware of. And I, and I love it. And that, you know, we talked about before we got on the podcast, the conversations yeah, yeah. we were having when we were back East was those kind of real deep, real great, real intelligent conversations where you really get to learn some stuff on both sides of some issues and re- really get a better understanding of things around him. So I, I appreciate both you and rock. We had a fantastic day waiting for everybody else to show up. Well, damn, Mag, if that's the case, I'm going to friend you on Facebook. I got to start reading some of this stuff. Feel free, brother. <laughs> Certainly worth the effort. So, so Rock, I, I wanted to touch base with you. Uh, the I wanted to talk about the difference in talent that you saw last season versus what you saw week one and what you saw week two as it comes to offensive line and defensive line play. Can you kind of tell me, you know, what Vegas looked like versus what Snow Tribe and BIC looked like versus what Pit Bosses looked like, then versus what Sick would it look like? Like, is there a really good feeling from you on that side? Yeah, it is, man. I'm not one to uh, not give credit where credit is due, man. I, I know for sure we have uh, at least three solid teams here that can go compete back east for sure. Uh, as far as the competition, as far as like no tribe, no, no disrespect to them. But if they doing it and they can hang and they're a household name out there, I know for sure you could take uh, the force and Samyak, stick with it, and stick them in that thing. They're going to do just as well, if not better. For sure. Um, as far as, you know, facing them, being being in front of them guys and seeing them come at, come at us and stuff like that, man, I'm going to keep it real, man. I, I enjoyed every bit, man. I I enjoyed every bit of it, man. I see. I mean, me and Coach know what we got to do. We know what uh what we have to adjust. And to be honest, although I don't like losing, if we was gonna lose, I'd rather it be now and then when it just happens. You know what I mean? Uh, that way, everybody can tighten up and um, get, yeah, get 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 tightened up and, and and get on top of their game and understand that look, we not be we not about to be able to just walk through these guys. They came to play. You feel what I'm saying? And they and they ready. They know what to, you know. They know what to expect. They're not here to just lay down or just to be on the field, just to be on the field. So, you know, between coach, uh, myself, and and the other few guys that you know, you know, uh, leaders and our captains on the team, man, we know what we got to do. And uh, I expect us to do it. I don't think coach expect nothing less of us. You know what I mean? So, we we gonna do what we got to do, man. I think it was just um, I I enjoyed it, man. I mean, I don't enjoy losing, obviously, but I um, I appreciate the way the game played out because I can see, you know, as far as like the positive side of uh, what happened is that uh, we know, like, listen, we gotta come, we gotta start good, we gotta we gotta start strong, we gotta finish strong, you know, we gotta execute, we can't be making mistakes, we gotta know our assignments, we gotta know our job, we can't just be no run out there and just. You know, do whatever we want to do, how we want to do it. Everybody got to be on the same page, and we got to be who we supposed to be. You know what I mean? Which is the fourth, and we got to we want we we uh, definitely want to live up to every expectation everybody has and or don't have. You know, so. as a as a coach and captain, I I think the tape that you guys had from that game, and comparing that to what the tape you had with the BIC game, those two things. And seeing how people played you, see how people what what they were able to do, what what 
they got over on you, I guess is the best way to say it without, without being rude about it. Being able to have that on tape early in the season, it's you can start correcting those things. That's like a coaching captain's dream, isn't it? I, I mean, obviously, you want to win. You want you want to narrowly win that game, but it, even but still losing, you get all the tools you need to shore up all the holes that you might have. So you know, losing is right. a, uh, it's always an opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity to make yourself better. When you win, uh, you know, all the time, it's hard. It's kind of hard to coach. Uh, you know, when you're winning. You know, the, the real coaching and the real leadership comes when you, when you lose. And to lose uh, that early in the season, especially losing the way we did, uh, it, it, it gives us a lot of, you know, it, we're not, our heads aren't down. You know, we, we suffer from what I like to term as an embarrassment of riches because we have so much talent at every position. We're so deep that we, we're still in the, in the middle of trying to figure out uh, how to plug in those pieces, how to rotate those pieces the right way. Um, and, you know, that's that's what me and Rock, you know, we do have an office of coach as well. Uh, we, we try to go through that and, and figure out how to uh, how to get those right pieces in the right places at the right time. Uh, we actually scored, ended up scoring with five touchdowns against Sick with it. We were called back. And uh, so we know we have the ability to to score when we want, stop people when we want. We just got to put those uh, – that talent that we have in the right position at the right time, and as, as a head coach, we feel responsibility for that and uh, is in the right position down for them to be successful. Hey, coach, I got a question for you because I, I, you know, <clears throat> sitting back and watching and watching you guys play BIC last year, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw the difference between first half and second half last year, and it was a big difference. Right. Um, my question is actually pretty pretty straightforward and simple and that is I, i've said it before on this podcast iron sharpens iron do right. you feel that the competition that is in the um nevada division this year helps you guys with um becoming better because the competition's higher this year than it was last year oh most definitely a hundred percent i agree with that because uh last year i think uh, again everybody was fresh off the couch um, so uh, now a lot of guys, not only did they have uh, the guys that played in, in the fall and the jamboree had some experience with the game. You also had a lot of guys who are new to, new to this that got in shape or got, started working out in preparation to play this, uh, this spring season. So the talent level and the, um, the participation level is night and day uh, compared to, to last season. And so I think you know, just playing, playing sick with it and seeing the type of talent that even the PIP bosses have. Um, th- those two teams are, I think the PIP bosses might not be as good as, as Snow Tribe, but uh, they're, not, they're not too far off. And I think that sick with it definitely is on the level of, you know, a top five, top 10 team in, in uh, the A7FL after playing BIC and seeing what, the, what that gold standard is. Um, I, I don't, you know, just watching film on the Asomniacs, and they have some tremendous talent um, that came from us. I think that, um, you know, the rankings right now and the way they have the Vegas division position in the rankings are, are pretty accurate because uh, there is a lot of talent in this in this town that gets overlooked. And now that talent is starting to flood into the uh, A7FL. So it makes the forces job, regardless of the, how much talent we stockpile, and it makes my job that much more difficult because the talent level is much higher than it's been. You know, I, I would agree with that assessment. And 
Derek, I'll let you I'll let you say what you're gonna say, and then I got a question for Rock because uh, there's something else I wanna I wanna kind of throw on top of that. Yeah, so the, I was gonna follow up with what you started with and what I was still trying to finish up, which was comparatively speaking, the, the what we see in Vegas right now is defensive line play that is through the roof compared to where it was last season. Right? I don't think Rock, you ever saw a, a three man rush that was getting home in Vegas last season ever. And this this season that seems to be the direction everyone's headed and not just putting three guys out there that's a three three man rush but three quality dudes that are real athletes that are getting after the quarterback. So what I was trying to get at with the defensive offensive line play with earlier question is how do you feel like uh, the pit bosses and sick with it that you paced this year look in comparison to maybe what BIC put out this last year in, in comparison to what Vegas had to offer the year before? Well, for me, I wouldn't really uh, – it's not really a question of, like, um, who's more talented, like, you know, as far as East versus West. I think really it's more so just about the experience. I think it's more experience versus just less experience. I feel like the more we play out here on this side, the more experience we have playing this game, you know, the way they play it in the A7FL – people are going to know. So, like, I, um, I'm in agreement with uh, the way they have the rankings, as y'all said, having us up there. I, I feel like that's, you know, that's showing much love and respect, you know, to what we're doing out here, how fast we're growing. And we only going to get better from here, man. Uh, I didn't – what I seen from Thick with it, uh, it, was, it didn't surprise me, man. You know, because, I, uh, like I said, I've been around for a while, and I know these guys got the talent. I know these guys have, you know, what it takes to be successful in, these, in this league. And I think uh, – what played a major part in that was that fall season. I think that was a much-needed fall season to follow up after the spring season for those to come out, you know, and actually get a chance to play and get even more excited about playing in the spring because they done already got their feet wet during the fall. So we have the talent out here, no doubt. Um, if, that, if anybody thinks that, you know, we lack in talent or they just better over there than they are over here, they are, they are wrong. I didn't feel no different pressure when we play BIC versus them when I play sick, I, uh, sick with it. I just feel like it's just a matter of experience as far as playing the game in the A7SL, the way it's played, you know, like, because um, the, the play is different than just regular traditional football. It's different. You know what I mean? It is really is like organized, you know, backyard type, you know, whatever. And, and that matters, you know. And, and, you know, the way you play the game, the way they play it in the A7SL, is a little different. So the more we play, the more we're going to learn, the more we're going to figure out, and then we're going to see that. Um, and people are going to realize that as far as talent-wise, man, it's, it's pretty easy. You know, I wouldn't, I don't look over there and see anything different in those players like, oh, they better or nah, we got some hogs out here too. We got some dogs on this side. Man. That's, that's very capable of going anywhere across the country and, and, and putting up the same type of numbers they putting up everywhere else. Guaranteed, it's just a matter of experience versus the inexperience. You know what I mean? Like when we went out there and we played BIC, I noticed something about my team, you know, because like Coach said, a lot of, we just, most of us were fresh off the couch. And a lot of us, were fan, we are all like fans of the league. So just being there, I felt like we, got, we had a lot of young guys that kind of was just in awe of just being there. You know what I mean? And, and that played a role in, you know, the outcome of that game because, I feel like have they had they been there before or they had more experience, I don't know for sure if we would have won. I'm not going to say that, but I definitely know 
it would have been a different ball game for sure. I can re- I can respect that now. Derek, did you have another question? Was it not? No, that, that, and, and Rock, you you explained that perfectly. Thank you very much. No, Chris, take take the floor, brother. Hey, um, look, I know I know we we heard the top ten, and I know that you know what they say about opinions, but uh, you know you got you got some guys on the uh, podcast that have been seasoned and they listen and they watch and they see and they they give their opinions on the, their top ten. You know, Vegas has four top ten teams, and I think that it's it's you know it's real and my question mark with that rock and and question to you is you know when you look at the top 10 and knowing that vegas has four teams in that top 10 do you feel that that is um that it's real do you feel that that you know those teams have have earned that top 10 spots or do you feel like maybe there's there's more that should be in the top 10 from Vegas, or do you feel that that is uh, the top ten, or the four teams that are there uh, are, are real and, and are going to be competing against one another for the championship from Nevada? And, and if you haven't seen it, the top ten shakes up like Force at ten, Kryptonite at eight, uh, Sick with it at seven, and Insomniacs at three. No, Sick with it moved to five, right? They moved to five, and Insomniacs wow. at three. Kryptonite. Wow. Yeah, they well, dropped you guys uh, from five to ten with the loss, and Kryptonite moved right, into the top ten at eight. I think um, I think there's gonna be quite a bit of shuffling around on that top ten, man. Uh, we definitely have the teams out here definitely can compete. Um, like I said, it's talent out here. It's, it's definitely gonna be some competition. Nobody's just gonna walk through through this division, period. But um, I don't feel like it's. I don't want to say it's premature because, like I said, I do – I respect the talent that's here, so I don't want to, like, knock nobody. But, I mean, none of these teams have been around longer than, you know, two seasons. So, just by them being in the top ten and, and Vegas being on the map the way it is, man, I just – I love it, man. I'm not even going to front. You know what I mean? Whether it's – you know, some people going to feel like it's not deserved because we still kind of new. You know, and then some people going to be like, hey, man, because, you know, when they watch the games, it's not like we're not out there doing our thing, man, win, lose, yeah. or draw. It's yeah, let me jump game, in on man. that because the way this top ten is built is exactly what you're talking about. It's it's Rob, Corey, and Matt who watch these games and know you guys, and Corey who's actually stepped on an A7 Vegas field and seen the talent out here really comparing notes and coming up with this list based on the eyeball test of what they see and the outcome wow. of games. So, so – and Rob will be the first one to tell you at two and oh, there's really not much we can tell about most of these guys because most of them haven't played real good talent yet. You guys are a rare exception where two top teams came against one another and had a badass game. Uh, BIC and the BIC and the Renegades came together, had a badass game. BIC played, uh, uh, who was it, uh, last week? Uh, the Watchmen had a badass game, so we we know who they are right now based on the two, they played two really strong teams. But there's some other guys that have played p- people who haven't really proven themselves. So right. you know, there's a lot there's a lot of shuffling that can't happen. But right now, this is what the guys who know see when they look at the league right now. Right. And my right. point, and my said- point, Rock, I'm, I'm backing you up because I agree with what you said. And the reason why I say that is because we heard some of the stuff that went on and, I, you know, not a knock, but I know that when Vegas started, it was, oh, you guys got a ways to go. And I said, you guys haven't seen the talent that Vegas has just yet. 
I knew that right. there was going to be other teams coming in to show that talent. So I knew that going into it, if we had, I was thinking three, two or three top teams, you guys being one of them, and then another team coming in to battle you guys, that it would then start to show the talent that Vegas has. I never thought about it being four top teams from Vegas. So when I take a step back and I look at that and I say, well, damn, year two, season two, let's be real, season two for national, all right? Not, and I'm not excluding anything from the fall season because the fall season was, was in itself excellent. But what I'm saying is when we look at those two, that the, uh, the season from fall, or sorry, spring season last year to spring season this year, to see the talent that Vegas has now put on the field to me is extraordinary. The reason why I say it's extraordinary is because now we've got teams that are competing against one another to make each other better. And so I love this, that we've got those four top teams. But I mean, let's not sleep on the Hunters. Let's not sleep on any of these teams, pit bosses, nobody. Because even though Derek has said, you know, you guys had a tune-up game against the pit bosses, they got some talent, right? Because they can, they can still score they're still going to put up points on people and they're still going to create frustration points for a lot of teams. What I'm saying is to, uh, you know, as an overall division, I like this division and I've watched some of the other divisions. I like this division because I don't think that we're top heavy to the point where other teams can't necessarily compete. And I think that when I see what's happened, yeah, you guys are one and one and we're looking at some of these other teams, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I know that we're not there yet. I'm looking forward to it because I see these teams battling each other out, and the winner of this division is going to go places because I seriously feel like you guys are, are beating each other up to get better, and that's something that not every division can say. I agree. Um, to follow up on that, uh, if y'all don't mind, but I just want to mention what I love best about A7FL Nevada as far as our division. When you look at our division, there's really no clear-cut uh, win, winning team like that you can just pick out and say they're they going to beat everybody. They're, that's the number one team. Nobody's going to beat them. Like, the competition out this way is stiff. But right. it's like, um, you know, when you look to the other side, I don't really want to say it like that, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's like, it's probably one or two teams that you feel like it's going to be that team. And it's like, it's either going to be BIC or the youth. Right. Possibly the Renegade. You know what I mean? But out this way, you can't really tell. You can't really tell because, listen, when you play sick with it, they're going to give you a game. I'm going to be honest. When you play the Assamiac, they're going to give you the game. And when you play the Force, they definitely going to give you a game. We definitely going to give you a game. You know what I mean? And, that's no spite to the other teams. They're going to give you a game as well, but the Kryptonite going to give you a game. You don't know who's going to come out the victor. You know what I mean when these teams compete with each other. You know, it really, really boils down to, like, who makes the least amount of mistakes, who capitalize on the other team mistakes. That's really going to be – that's going to determine, you know, the game right there. Like, we play sick with it, man. Um, I feel like the score don't really tell the story of the game. You kind of have to see it, man. It was a lot went on. It was a lot took place in that game. You know what I mean? Like Coach said. We probably we got in the end zone probably four or five times. Came out with about fourteen points. You know what I mean? It was it was a hard fought game, you know. And uh, 
not to dwell on it, but like I said, man, I appreciate it happening early though, so that we can get up, get you know, get back to make the adjustments we got to make and do what we got to do, man. But I respect everybody in the league, um, in A7FL Nevada. You feel what I'm saying? All the teams, they know me, they know me, they know how. You know, when we get on that field, we gonna talk our mess. We gonna be competitive. We gonna say what we gotta say, do what we gotta do. But at the end of the day, man, uh, whoever make it out, we gonna be rooting. Well, we so, so so while we're on the topic of losing early, I just the, the fact that I've become, you know, a podcaster now and I'm a broadcaster and I, and now I need to talk about and know things, the history of the A7FL now and the history of course of A7FL Nevada. Right. Do you guys know when the Force lost their one game of the regular season last season? That same uh, day. Week I mean, it was week 2. Yep. It was week two versus the Aces. Yep. And, and I explained that to my team, too. We had the same problem this, this past game that we had against the Aces last year. We had the same jobs on the sideline and everything. What did we do? We corrected those those mistakes and those errors, and we went on and did what we had to do. Yep. So. So the other positive thing that I want to share with you guys about the force last season is after that game, you guys went on to not give up more than two touchdowns in the rest of the regular season and playoffs versus any other team until you got to BIC. Right. Yes, sir. Well, does that, does that settle the, the argument we were having with, um, with the three on one guys about, having coaches in your, in your league. Cause I mean, to me, that is, that think- is a situation that goes above and beyond when I say, you know, when you have a coach that's able to stand off to the sidelines, see what's going on and make the corrections. That's something that as a player coach, and I've been one, I could honestly say, you don't always get that opportunity to see the problems, especially I played offense. I didn't get to see the problems on offense all the time. So when I see the corrections that are made by you, Mac, and some of the stuff that goes on, I can appreciate that. And that's why I've always said, and I've always been an advocate of having a non-player coach walking the sidelines, understanding his team as a whole and making the necessary changes to win games. And that's something that you don't always have the opportunity of doing as a player coach. I, I'm a firm believer of that, Chris. And uh, the reason why that I am is because you can't, well, as a player, because I've been a player coach as well on, on the field. And like you said, you can't see everything. Uh, you have your only eyes seeing what you think is going on. And Rock and I had this conversation uh, this last week after the loss and how more eyes on the field make, you know, makes it better. And it takes a lot of pressure off of his back um, since we have, uh, you know, a, we have a coaching staff. Uh, so it allows him to go out there, a player coach to go out there and just play and make his, make the decisions that he needs to make accordingly. But for him to be able to have the right, the right coaches to, to sub in players for the right packages and see things from the sidelines that he can't see or that I can't see because he often sees things on the, on the defense. Cause I call the defense and uh, he, he sees things that I, sometimes I don't see. And that's just one, another set of eyes. I'm like, okay, let me adjust for that. So uh, we, we, we have made the, the proper adjustments in the second half, but in our two losses, you know, that's the reason we made them too late. 
Um, so, so now that, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in having coaches as well. And I, the, simply because it, it takes a lot of uh, pressure off the players themselves, lets them just play and lets the coaches coach. Uh, and managing the sideline at this level is extremely important. And if you can't do that, when you have a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, mid-20s guys, one, everybody wants to go in, everybody thinks they're a superstar, to be able to manage that sideline is a huge factor at this level. Yeah, I think it's the biggest factor. And you're right. You know, I, 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 I'm going to say something real funny here real quick. <laughs> I was just thinking about this. I thought that I brought the force a ton of value on the sideline for your couple playoff games when I was able to be where I was supposed to be for those games. But yeah. I noticed that you don't have anybody up in the stands <laughs> with a walkie right now. So maybe I wasn't right about what I thought I was bringing to the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I noticed Mac ain't hiring nobody. I had him stand up in the stands, tell him what's going on, because that was working. <laughs> but after after last season, we went hired a we had a uh, a line coach was uh, Anthony Jacobs, who's the uh, who you might be familiar with. Uh, uh, Derek, he played on the Lions for a little bit. He was from the University of Minnesota. Um, played uh, played a couple years with the Vikings. Okay. Uh, yes. He was at, uh, at Western. So yes. He's our coach. And then uh, Troy brought out um, uh, Coach Charles, who's a, another police officer, and um, he uh, he helped run the, run the office. And so uh, we have a – and I had no problem because I knew that was the thing that I needed most um, after at the end of this season is be able to delegate some responsibility uh, to another coach or another set of coaches so we could get those rotations done properly. You know, because like you said, managing the sideline is probably the most important thing. It allows it allows Brock to cook. You know what I'm saying? Without him having to worry about getting certain guys in, getting certain guys the, the type of love, and him him not having to uh, the beating after a loss. Talk about you know can't do this. He didn't even though he did get a little bit of that. Then you know we, we we as a coaching staff really stepped up and like no, we take full responsibility of the people that are coming in and out of, of that game, um, and we're gonna let Rock cook. You know what I'm saying? So that's, you know, it's, it's just a matter of it's managing personalities at, at this level. And, uh, you know, not that the play calling is essential as well, but just managing the personalities and getting the right people in at the right time is the most essential to, for, for me as a coach. You know, that's that's the big thing. Well, I got to I got my hats off to you, coach, because there's a lot of people that will coach a team <clears throat> as an individual, um, me being one of them, where you kind of, you know, when I came off the field, I would ask the defense, hey, what did you see uh, situation-wise, defensively, what were they showing? So that way we could take advantage of what was what was going on. My thought had always been, you know, when I come to this, I'm not the smartest man in the room. So let me surround myself with other smart people so that way I can understand what they're talking about and make the adjustments needed. So for you to bring in other coaches to do that for you, my hat's off to you, man. I'm, I'm glad that you, you see, you know, I, I'm not going to say your shortcomings by any means, but be, having other eyes on the field to see what's going on just helps your team out. Well, I think, uh, you know, as a head coach, your biggest issue is you have to, you have to rain down your ego. And I have a massive ego, just like every, you know, every head coach, every former professional football player is going to have uh you know, is a macho guy is going to have that ego. But once you get into a head coaching position, you have to realize that there are people out there smarter than yourself. 
and you can't be, uh, you know, an expert at everything, you know, so tempering down your own ego goes, a, goes a long way. So I don't have a lot of ego. I, I play for some winning coaches. I play for some losing coaches. And I know that I'm not perfect at, at coaching. I know I can use a lot of help. Uh, so just to make my life easier, I have no problem going out and getting, uh, getting coaches. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's not, there's no ego with me. Uh, there's no ego with Troy. And uh, I mean, uh, I, I could be a hothead when it comes to uh, comes to things at times, but when it comes to accepting help that I, I realize that I need, you know, I, I have no problem accepting it. So I, I reached out I, to all kinds of people and I would use it, but you know, as long as people know how to, and the coaches that we hired are work well with my, with my personality, just like Rock and I work well together. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of, again, managing personalities of the coaches too and, and hiring those right coaches uh, that work well with your coaching style. But ego's never been an issue with me when it comes to uh, uh, to calling the, calling the game and accepting help when needed, you know? Well, I got I to gotta just throw this in. Rock, when you make that move to be a coach, I can't wait to see that, just like I couldn't wait to see you play quarterback. I can't wait to see you coach because you got a man right here that is showing you the ropes right now. And I think that whatever you choose to do at the next level, as far as whether it's to continue playing quarterback or be a coach, I think whatever you decide, if you decide the coaching realm is the way you want to go, I think your team is going to be off the chain, just like this this team is. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. To be honest, man, uh, to be to be under, I, I'm privileged to be under a coach like Coach Mac too, because we share a lot of um, similarities. So when I when I watch him, and I watch, you know what I mean, like the, the discipline, like him controlling himself, and and or his ego, like he was just uh, describing to y'all, man, it kind of helped me out. It kind of helped me to check myself. Because, you know, just like any other man, you know what I mean, it's competitive. I'm 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 pretty uh you know, I can be a certain way sometimes too. And I look at my coach and I see I can see the fire in his eyes and, and probably what he really wanna say and what he really wanna do and I can just see him uh you know what I mean? I can see him, you know, doing what he gotta do to make sure that he don't you know, I can see him doing what he's doing to make sure he don't you know. It's, you know, because I mean, because it, it makes it, it makes a big difference, though. It's funny, but it makes a big difference, you know, because attitude reflect leadership. So exactly. we have to be I able to control our his intensity. You got to match that intensity because I've seen Mac on the right. sideline. You know what I mean? You got to match that intensity, bro, because that right, intensity man. is you know, off the yeah. chain. I'm an old right, and I love it because I got that in me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But like Coach, you know, when you're managing a bunch of different, you know, young uh, athletes and everybody feel like they the man and this and that, you kind of have to be a certain example, even if you feel like you're the man too. You have to right. be a certain example because that's what, that's what enables you to help manage them. Because if everybody is just expressing, I'm the man, you can't get nowhere. You know what I mean? So sometimes you just got to tame it so that you can, you know, approach people in a certain manner that, you know, yeah, it just takes a little skill, man, because uh, I got a certain fire in me. I don't like losing a coin talk. When I walk out there and I call his, it ain't land no tails, man. I'm feeling some type of way. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm using that somewhere down the line. I don't even like losing a coin toss. I love that. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. So yeah, I just appreciate being able to be up under my coach, man, and uh, 
learn, you know, take little small lessons from them like that, man. And, you know, like I said, we had man. Rock, don't, 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 don't make it small, smaller than what it is, man. When you got a coach like Coach Mac and, and you're matching his intensity as a quarterback on the field, don't get me wrong when I say this. I see your intensity. I see how you are in the uh, in the huddles, and I've seen you get fiery in the huddles too. And I, I'll tell you, man, that first season, I saw you take control of the of the huddle. I saw you yell at a couple of guys. Well, I shouldn't say I heard. I saw. I heard you yell at a couple of guys on the from the sidelines. So I appreciate that because I think that as a uh, quarterback, you are in control of the offense, getting ready for the next play. And when you take control of the huddle, it shows your your team shows their respect to the quarterback. You being the leader of that offense while you're on the field. So much respect for you, man, because I, I've seen I've seen you take control of it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, I got to give props to to Derek too because he used to do the same thing when we played together. So when I see that, man, I, I get goosebumps because I'm like, dude, this guy's taking control of what needs to be con- taking control of. So I respect you for that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, thanks for the comment. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no shortcomings, D man. We played too long together for me to oh, for sure. not play that. So. For sure. We had a lot of fun. So to keep it A7, uh, are you guys watching uh, Back East Ball at all? Are you guys tracking what's happening back East to see who's doing what? To be quite honest, I'm not. Um, I, I concentrate on put all my focus into the, the next game up. So uh, right. that's the only spirituality that I have. I'm not. I watched the, the BIC's first game just because I wanted to see, uh, you know, how diamonds are going to come out the box. But after that, I haven't watched any other team except for the pit bosses, sick with it, and the Insomniacs. That's it. All right. Well, that makes sense, and, and that's probably the best answer you could give if we were in like the, one of these big national leagues so people are like what, what are you doing watching football <laughs> you're you watching film dog what are you talking about so uh just to recap real quick uh bic it, it has gone two and oh and the u has gone two and oh so the perennial guys that have been winning at the top are at the top uh, Florida is a week behind uh, the Nightcrawlers, who you guys were at the same round, lost in the same round together last last season. Uh, beat the Orlando Ghost handily this week without Mark Badway, without Mark Bagway. So they they're looking pretty good. And then LA's first game is going to be this week coming up. Uh, your old nemesis, the Aces. I don't know if you guys have a rivalry yet or not, but they they are back and will be taking on. Uh, the vibe who you remember last season, the new look vibe. They've got a, a kind of a over overhauled roster as well. Uh, and then the Ohio division is uh, rocking. They've got, uh, I think, six teams. They had to take a hiatus due to some uh, field challenges. So they'll be back, I believe, next week. And then Boston has a team now playing in the Northeast division and the Omegas who has gone 0-2 and their quarterback is Mr. Corey Hammond. Yeah, I made fun of him a little bit on that already. Okay, <laughs> but to bring to bring it back to Vegas, the uh, game next week is uh, again another top ten matchup with you guys now taking on the Insomniacs. I've been kind of talking to my wife about how things are shaping up in the division and the level of competition that Vegas has with 
you know, these three, four teams now that are in the top 10 that look like legit contenders. The kryptonite looked like they maybe didn't lose a step from the fall, although they fell to the pit bosses in that championship game. It was one play one way or the other was going to make that game happen, just like it was with BIC and the U and the championship game. So the hunters, you know, I deservedly so in uh, the hunter, excuse me, kryptonite deservedly. So in the, in the top 10, there's a potential with every you, all you guys playing each other once, everybody could lose to each other one time and then have a four way tie at the top. Well, that sounds like a problem you're gonna have to figure out there, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've got built-in tiebreakers. I'm not really worried about that, but there there is a real potential for that to happen. And how unique would that be if everybody showed up six and one? Or, or you know, maybe somebody runs the table and they get the one seven and zero, and everybody else is you know six and one, five and two. But Mike literally he just popped up and said, "Not my problem." Right. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, it's not that far fetched, man. It's not that. I, I don't. I think that's a man. Look, that's very probable. I you think that's what a- I mean because I honestly think that's what's going to. It's something I think of. Maybe one of those teams goes in fire has a has a two loss season. I think we can have a, those three teams six and one for sure. Yeah. So so you guys are aware of the playoff structure in, in the West. The top six t- teams from Vegas will make the well, will make the playoffs and have to play in the first round. The top two teams from LA will make the playoffs and be in the first round. Teams seed five and six will travel to LA to play against their one and two seed. Okay. One in Vegas, one will play four and two will play three. All right. The, the winners of the LA games will then travel to Vegas to play the winners of the Vegas games. Okay. The following week. Okay. Yeah. So it, so I, I guess I will say it four at the top with one losses would obviously have a clear cut top four. But right. people don't stress. You'll still you'll still have a chance to, to if you have two losses. You'll still have a chance to make it back to the knockout round to to get into the to get into the tournament. Okay, okay. Well, it's got to take. Like I said, we take it one week at a time, man. That's right. That's right. So uh, this coming week, uh, there's a lot of games on the docket here in Vegas. For as usual, we're going to save your guys' uh, game for last, but. Uh, starting out with the gold versus the kryptonite. Uh, gold at 0 and 2 right now, kryptonite at 2 and 0. Uh, we like to set point spreads, and I personally would say that that is a 17 point favor for the kryptonite on that one. How, how's everybody feeling about that game? That first game, I agree. <laughs> I agree, uh, man. Hey, the kryptonite, they. They got a nice, they got a nice little schedule, man. They got a nice little schedule to be there in uh, uh, They got a nice schedule, but I, I agree with you on uh, the 17 uh, I, I see them coming out on top by anywhere from 17 to 21 points. Yeah, I just right, don't I, I'll admit, I'll admit, I, I went dead for a second. Kryptonite is playing who? The gold. The gold, okay, sorry, I missed that. And you're saying a 17-point spread on that game? I'm setting it at Kryptonite minus 17. Kryptonite minus 17. Do we know if Cheetah's playing? I I, I don't, but he's had two weeks to recover, and he w- he said he was good the the that night. And I've not talked to him since, so 
I don't know if he's playing, but that will be a big determining factor, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, yeah. it will. So, yeah, I, I, the depth to really challenge uh, the kryptonite. So, that 17 points sounds uh, pretty reasonable to me. All right. All right. Ne- next game, we've got Sick With It and Pit Bosses. Uh, I, I personally think Sick With It will win that game handily. But another Murphy rule. Murphy rule. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I'm. I don't think it'll be a mercy rule this week, though. I think the pit bosses with the two weeks, the two down weeks, and potentially having some time to get some guys healthy, that they will put on a better showing than they had. So I don't think it'll be a mercy rule, but I think it, it probably twenty five, thirty points somewhere in that range. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else have any input or, or objection to the, to that on? No, nah, I'm good with yeah, that. I, I'll tell you, with Kauno quarterbacking, uh, it's hard for me to go with that. Uh, I, I might say 21 points. Okay. But I also think that there is, you know, as well as I do, man, anything can happen. Um, I know sick with it's got their, um, they've got their stuff together. I know we can say other things on this but i, I uh, <laughs> that's one game that let's just put it this way that's one game that i'm i really want to watch because i'm really curious on what with the two weeks like you said with Kauno coming back playing qb i really want to see what comes out of that game i i'm not putting anything past uh the pit bosses for pulling something out of there you know what to make something happen so uh, i'll say 21 points all right, so we're going to skip your game for now and jump to the 7 o'clock game, which will probably be one of the more competitive games of the day with OTT taking on the Hunters. Uh, I'm going to Hunters, man. I think the Hunters, they can explode on you with, 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 with special teams. Um, Dillard doing his thing over there. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Hunters on this. Yeah, so the special uh, teams is kind of an even match, where the uh, Dillard is absolutely killing it on the returns, and they've got probably the better three on one return defense the Hunters do. But I think that OTT has the best returner in Vegas right now, in Savion Cunningham. Hands down. I, I'm not saying hands. I'm not saying hands down. There's there's two or three other cats that that certainly are in the conversation. I'm not saying hands down. Okay, look, 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 I'll be real with it for just a second. I'll say I'll I'll agree with you. Maybe it isn't hands down, but I got to give it to Savion because when he is ready to go and he makes his mind up, he is very difficult to stop. Yes, that balance is ridiculous, and the speed is is better. There's very, there are very few, regardless of what people talk about, there are very few guys at this level that are legit sub four four guys. Savion might be one of those guys. A legit under four four, legitimate on laser. Yeah, I think both he and KJ Burrell both would time a legit under four four. Yeah, 
I I, look, I'll put money right now on the fact that I would love to see winner take all between those two and Cheetah in a 40-yard dash. I would love to see Ooh. those two <laughs> oh. 40 against <laughs> each other. And I would have money on that bet on that easily because I would love to see who is legit the fastest man in A7. Just so. Man, I'd, I'd rather see him run the 100, 100, the 100 meter, but I think a 40 would be fun too. 40 would be fun, man. Come on. 40 would be a blast. I agree with 100, but 40 would be absolutely uh, just – that would be great to see. That would be money well spent on television to see All that. Right. I think we just came up with a really good idea. Some things we can do uh, on the uh, fan appreciation day next year. Yep. Yeah, take some track absolutely. time. That, get yep. the top top eight guys and have them either run the hundred or run the forty and see and see who in a straight race or or time them out. Straight yeah. race. Straight. Yeah, that'd race. be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Get the blocks out and everything. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm running 400. No, nobody's doing that shit. Anyway, (laughs) all right. So uh, back to hunters versus OTT Uh, predictions. I I started. I started. I started. You said Max started off. You said hunters. Rock. Who you got? Uh, I think it's a toss up to be honest. Based on what y'all just said, man, that special teams on both sides of the ball. I think. uh, it's a toss-up to me, man. I can't really call it on that one. All right, it's a coin flip, coin flip for Rock. Uh, what about you, Chris? Yeah, coin flip. <laughs> well, for me, uh, if Savion is out there returning every throw-off, um, I might have to have a conversation with that boy. Um, I'm going to lean towards OTT on this one. All right, yep. Casey. Yep. I was going to say, I think between Savion on the returns, if they keep him out there every return, and I think that coach and quarterback G Hurd is going to come out a different G um, with this two weeks off. And I think he's, I think, I think OTT is going to get it by, I would say seven. All right, and speaking of G Herd, uh, he is going through some family uh, challenges. Lost someone close to him, so shout out to G. Uh, we're here for you, buddy. Uh, Hard to hear about that. Yes, sir. So uh, I also am going to lean OTT, but for, specifically for what I've been seeing out of them, the second half of Week One, the entire game of Week Two. Since those guys have figured out to make sure that they keep their spirits up and are having fun the whole time they're out there. They've been the better team on the field for those six quarters. So I think they figured a little something, something out. uh, And I think that something, something will carry them through uh, this week over the hunters. I think they're very evenly matched as far as skill set and depth. Uh, And I think I'd give the hunters the edge with the coaching, but I think OTT uh, because they'll be playing for G and the uh, fun that they've been having on the sidelines, I, th- I think they'll edge them out. Okay. All right, fellas. N- n- now the big one. Uh, Mac, I'm sure you and Rocker say you guys are going to win, so we'll just put that aside. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, But I would like to hear your analysis. Uh, in the head-to-head matchup, uh, offenses versus defenses, uh, for uh, let's say uh, Insomniac offense versus your D, where do you think you you edge them out? Um, 
well, my, my front three was especially with Gary Weaver is superior to their offensive line by far. Uh, nobody in this league could really stop Gary Weaver. You know, when, when, with the right matchup, nobody could really stop him. We have a couple of other pass rushers that we've been developing and um, defensive line guys. We're so deep at defensive line and we have so much size, uh, but defense head offensive line that, uh, that I don't think they, they don't have, again, it's another depth issue. They don't have the depth to play four quarters with us uh, up front. And I think uh, now if they get up and they explode on us and, and get ahead of us, uh, that's, the only, that's the only way I see them being able to beat us. I could be wrong. I'm, like I said, uh, uh, you know, I'm not uh, Max Radamus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but have I, been so far. I say Nico Damas, but no problem with But yes, sir. Uh, I, I think that they, they obviously they have OTC, and uh, he's a hell of a running back. Uh, but I think the size that we have up front uh, is going to—he's going to get his yards. I, I think because he's such a tremendous talent. But he's already talking the noise that he's going to play both ways. And he's going to—he's not going to come off field. So uh, we've seen him uh, suck air uh, late in games because uh, he refuses to come off, uh, come out the game. So we're going to take advantage of that uh, if necessary um, on on the, both sides of the ball. Uh, so as long as we—I think as long as we can stop uh, them handing the ball to him—and uh, I don't know the uh, the little short guy that they have looks like a little uh, butter ball. Uh, he he can run the ball pretty good, and Tone can run the ball pretty well as well. If we can stop shut down their run game, I think that uh, that we can sh- we can score more points than them, and uh, and and win the game on the defensive side. Uh, their offense against or my defense against their offense, or vice versa, their offense against my defense. Uh, I think we up front we 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 win that that battle because of the depth and because of the size that we have at the receiver positions matching up with our corners. I have to be honest, uh, you know. I'm still that, – that's the part of my defense that I'm skeptical about still. I have some tremendous talent at the corner spot, um, but I have to get them to play within the constructs of my defense. You know, but once uh, once they develop that, uh, I think uh, my outside corner is going to be good. Um, my two uh, guys that play inside, both my inside backers and my safeties, they're thumpers. And last year we, we have uh, Antoine Rainey returning. He led the league – he led the division in tackles last year. He's back. And then I have another guy named um, named Mario Kyle, who's a former running back. That's a safety as well, and he comes. He's a downhill kid, and uh, so I think if you know, uh, when it comes to them trying to establish their running game, I think we're going to be able to stop that. It's going to come down to how our corners match up with their receivers downfield, and I don't think they have the speed um, to to take us to take us deep the way I think they they think they can. Our and our pass rush will get to their quarterback. Before he could get the ball downfield to the um, to to his feet, guys. Um, so uh, I don't think we're going to blow them out by any means. I think it'll be a real competitive game. Uh, I think it might come down to the fourth quarter, uh, or I think it might really come down to special teams. And I think we have three great returners that are proving um, themselves uh, worthy of uh, that possibility of being the best returners in, in in the game. So I think it'll come down to that. If we can score some points in all three phases, I think we'll come out ahead. I, I like the analysis, Mac. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> I, I I really appreciate this the self awareness and honesty when you're talking about your corners too. That that you don't typically hear that out of coaches, especially before a game, maybe after a game. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it 100, man. I don't hide nothing, man. You know, I'm not one of those guys that are gonna blow, blow smoke. I don't play any games. You know, I'm an old school Texas Texas cat. You know what I'm saying? So everything's downhill. Everything's up front. And uh, you know, I just I I it, it's a heavyweight fight to me. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna slug it out. And I think we have we're bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm I I have no problem calling my players to Taz, and that is never anything personal. And I've already told them, you know, my concerns on doing our, our our Zoom meetings, doing our our film study, and doing our practice. That you know, the, the corners are, are the only thing I'm worried about. So it's, it's up to them to step up this week. Show me what you got. Earn me earn that memory. And uh, they they took the challenge and they're running with it. They said they're, they're not going to let me down this week. So we shall see. That's what's up. So, uh, Casey, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Oh, oh man, I'll I thought we were going to let Brock I thought we were going to let Rock go first. Why we uh Oh, you know what? Off? I Rock, you absolutely should go first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, man, I feel like this, man. When we when we execute on offense, and we minimize the mistakes because I don't, it's not really, regardless how it looks, it really don't be the defense stopping us. It'd be us stopping us. For instance, we play six with it, we get in the red zone, we drive all the way down, we probably have four or five penalties in a row, ended right back up in the middle of the field. You know, so we minimize the, um, the mistakes um, and just be cohesive. And, and, and do what we got to do, man. I don't really see nobody stopping us from getting on the board, period. I don't care who it is, what defense it is, who in front of us. If we do our job, know our assignment, and, and don't get no foolish flags, no foolish penalties or whatever, we can score. We can score the ball. That's what we can do. All right. So, like we said before we got into this part of the conversation, I assume that both coach and quarterback were going to pick their own team, and I understand that. So uh, thank you guys for the analysis, though. I, I really appreciate that because that gives us all something to think about. So uh, Chris and KC, now back to that question. Do you guys want me to go first, or when do you want to take it? I mean, I'll say I think – I said I think – I'll say this. I think the winner is going to include somebody by the name of Mac. <laughs> it's not like that's Kitty Mac. <laughs> yeah, that, that was brilliant. <laughs> All right, so well, wrong, right? Right, right. Uh, so, so here's my analysis. I I think that had the Insomniacs played the Force Week Two the Insomniacs probably would take this game. But I think specifically because the force got, I won't say a wake-up call because you definitely weren't sleeping, but the shot in the arm that you guys will have from these two weeks to build for next week. I know you, They've had you guys circled on their calendar forever. Now they're circled on your calendar as well. Like, okay, we, we, we dropped the one game that we probably could drop this season for us to get, to get right on track. We can't let that happen again. I feel like you guys are focused and will not let another loss happen back to back. I've never seen uh, the Force lose back to back games, and I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll see that again this week. So I, I've got the Force by four. All right, I like that. <laughs> I can appreciate that too, coming from D. 
<laughs> and and I, I would agree with that. I think I think honestly, coming back to it and analyzing, I looking at it honestly. I was gonna say I don't see the force losing two in a row. Um, I see it. I find it hard to believe that any of these top three or four teams are gonna lose two games back to back on any given Sunday. Um, so with that, if I was gonna pick somebody, I would have to pick the force. And I think four points is a pretty good spread on that. All right. Chris, you are you rocking with us? Or you got an alternate look. Been thinking about this and I'm glad that I kind of went last because I had an opportunity to listen to you guys and, and hear what you were saying. And I, I'll put it this way. I think that um what you guys have said is correct. Uh I don't think that it's gonna be a four point spread. I'm looking more at between two and three. And I think it comes down to extra points, which I can't stress enough in this league because we've seen so many games that from two good teams that have come down to, you know, extra points being the the um, kind of the catalyst of who is going to win. So right now I'm leaning towards a force winning, um, but because of what I've seen in the uh, red zone and from what I've seen for extra points, I'm going to pick it by two instead of going by four like you guys have. I think it's going to be a much closer game. Um, I also think that I agree with your analysis. I don't see any of these top teams losing two in a row. I really don't. I think that um, Mac has seen his uh, deficiencies, and I think he's going to find ways to make them right. I've seen um, the Insomniacs play. I've seen what they what they brought to the table and how they've changed up their game from uh, one game to another. And um, with the two teams that they've played, my my pick is simple, force by two. Right and I'll on, even bro. give you a score. I think that it's oh. going to be 32-30. Oh, you think I'm going to give up 30 points? Right, bro? right? That's like, I'd rather lose. <laughs> It ain't a knock. It ain't a knock by any stretch of the imagination. But the one thing that we can't, the one thing we can't account for are returns. And we both said that you guys have, both of your teams have good returns. So yes. that's where I see some of this stuff playing out because in between the lines, when you guys stop them on a return or they stop you on a return, that's where the game begins. And so you can say, oh, you're, you're telling me I'm going to give up 30 points. I don't think that your defense necessarily is going to give up that 30 points, but I think that there is opportunities for both the teams for returns in this game. So we can laugh about it and we can say that, you know, Oh, Chris, why are you saying I'm going to give up? I don't really think it's going to be between the lines like that, man. I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to who stops who on the returns and then go from there. So okay. I really want to see what happens in the return game. And then, like I said, I think you guys have a little bit more as far as the extra points go. And I think that um, Rock is is uh, on par when it comes to scoring in that, you know, five yard, five to 10 yards in. I can't stress enough to, to any of these teams how important it is to capitalize on those extra points. You guys know that. Yeah. A lot of these other teams, it's not that big of a deal to them. To you guys, it's a huge deal. So. Yeah. That's where I see the difference coming into play. Okay. 
Okay. I, I, yep. I like analysis. I like analysis. Yeah, if we're putting out points, bro, I'm I'm saying 25-21. That's where my four points came from. I don't know what it is about y'all and not making your extra points last year, but, but you did good this last week. <laughs> yeah, that's what you did good last week. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That that where where we're going with this right now is it comes down to what you guys can do in the extra in the uh you know extra points and those those things are a lot of things that I see a lot of teams out there right now taking for granted. You guys don't take it for granted. Max made sure of that. So that's why I think that you guys that's why I say the game is going to be closer because of the extra points. They're taking them for granted. You're not. Yeah, we we try to get it because we're such a, a ball control type offense too. We can't afford to leave those type of points on, on the board because uh, we like to run the clock, you know, with, with our uh, our power running game. So, uh, you know, when you when you miss extra points like we did last year, and you don't have a significant significant lead, you can you lose the game, you know, by not being able to to, to score those those quote unquote easy points. They're not easy, but you know, from five yards in, you should be doing something, or ten yards in, you should be doing something. So that's been a point of emphasis for us uh, this season, anyway. If we're putting points on it, I'm, I'm much like Derek. I don't think either one of these two teams give up 30 points. I would say 24 to 20. And I'll kind of go into why, because we've had this kind of discussion a little bit in the broadcast booth um, during the games. And it's becoming more clear in my mind why the Viking, I'll give him credit for this thought because it was his thought first. And after listening to him talk about it and watching the game be played the way it is, it made totally sense, total sense to me. I think the winner at the end of the day, and from the booth standpoint, I think everybody in the booth would probably agree with this too. Um, the winner at the end of the day is going to be the one that decides to go for two more than go for one, since there isn't a kick involved. It doesn't really make sense from our standpoint in the booth to even consider going for one, because if you take out the kick, your odds are the same from five yards really as they are from 10. It doesn't lessen any and 10 yards might actually give you a little more room to work with. Work so with, it makes yeah. a little more sense. Um, and those teams that go for one and miss the one could have went for the two. And the next time they go for two, they get it, they're making up that point either way. So I think at the end of the day, it's who goes for two more than who goes for one. I like that. Uh -oh. start from y'all. <laughs> all right y'all so quick quick promo so since we're on our podcast uh 10 a.m this sunday uh on the game of the week we have the national championship rematch bic versus the u oh wow. yeah so if you if you are around and you don't have a game at that same time i encourage you to turn on your television because y'all gonna see some fireworks the new look you with a their new quarterback still two and oh uh number two team in the nation versus bic number the returning champion uh winners of 11 straight and going up against the last team that beat them who they narrowly beat by two the last time they saw them on a last uh, on the last play of the game so going to be a great day of football y'all the, the middle game is the silk city animals which is huff's new team the former quarterback of the u taking on the snow tribe a team that uh, our local boys the force worked over pretty well and a team that uh that we like watching because they got a lot of good dudes over there and then 
the game of the week from Vegas, game three, will be the game we were just talking about. The Force versus the Insomniac, uh, three, number three in the nation versus number 10 in the nation, uh, playing for uh, bragging rights and a, a, a sliding up or sliding down the rankings at Las Vegas for playoff positioning. So it's going to be a great week of football on A7FL.TV and DAZN if you're checking it out internationally and a great slate of games in Las Vegas. So uh, with that, I want to thank our uh, guest tonight, Coach Mack, Rock Briscoe, the quarterback. Really appreciate you guys being on. Had a fun time with you guys tonight. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, so before we uh, normally shut it down, we ask you guys if you want to get a message out there, we call parting shots. So anything you want to say, good or bad, get it off your chest, get it out there, and then uh, we'll we'll all go around the room and shut it down. I think I'm good, man. Uh, I'm just excited to to uh, to uh, for next for this weekend, and uh, I'm just I'm just excited about about coaching, man. I love I love this league. I love coaching this league. I love the opportunity afforded afforded to me by Derek and Troy um, in this league, man. So uh, you know, me and Rock, we we're gonna head back to the lab after this and uh, put our heads together and uh, see if we can bring this victory on Sunday. That's what it's all about. One game at a time. No days off. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Belichick. <laughs> Rock, parting shots. Anything good, bad you want to get off your chest? Say that again. I said parting shots. Anything good, bad you want to get off your chest or say goodbye to, to Nah, the, man. The I'm good, man. I'm just nah, man. I'm good, man. I'm just uh like I said from the beginning of the conversation, I was excited to be balling, doing my thing in A7FL, being a part of the league, man. And uh I see them. Are we going to be ready this week? Like Coach said, we're going to do what we got to do, man. Get here this week, have our practice, and uh, make these adjustments and get the outcome we're looking for, man. Well, look, personality-wise and relationship-wise, you two are some of my favorite men to be around. The time we spent together in Philly is irreplaceable. I want to thank you guys for keeping me entertained, even though none of us got any <laughs> sleep that morning. Likewise. <laughs> but... One of the best days I've had hanging out with two dudes, and I really appreciate who you guys are, and thank you for coming on the podcast again tonight. Uh, Chris, what you got, buddy? Uh, a couple of things. First off, gentlemen, thank you very much. This was not just entertaining. It was informative. Uh, Coach, I got a new uh, found respect for you, a new love for uh, what you're talking about, and, man, if I was uh, a player under you, I, I would have some fun. I, I could say that because uh, you and I think much alike. Um, I want to give a shout out to my baby sister, Layton, and her husband, or soon to be husband, Brock. They had my baby nephew, my baby niece, um, over the weekend, uh, Brooklyn. So I'm very proud of that. And hey, congratulations, baby girl. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, 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 very happy to uh, welcome her to the family. Um, my other parting shots are pretty simple. Get your popcorn ready because this weekend is going to be a lot of fun and hopefully everybody's watching on TV. So let's have some fun and let's see what pans out in these games. Right on. Right on, Chris. Uh, so for me, uh, I just want to thank all the players and coaches that are taking this football thing, the A7FL, the A7FL Nevada, LA, so seriously and giving the amount of time and effort and talent that you have available to you to us it means the world to us to have professionals like we have on the line with us tonight 
there's you know a hundred other guys like you around the league and i just want to thank every one of them for being involved you guys are the the glue that keeps us together we we got the wild childs as well but you guys are the glue that makes us who we are and makes us foundationally sound so that people can be wild and we can still have fun all over the place so uh, i just want to get that out to everybody and to to you guys on the phone so casey uh, what you got and and take us out yeah well i want to thank uh you two gentlemen rock and mac for being on the podcast tonight for your time it was great talking to you i enjoyed it very informative um can't wait to see what these games bring out on Sunday. Um, Derek said it earlier on the podcast. He said, you guys took your first loss exactly a year ago from when you took your loss this season in week two. That actually also was the time that I joined in broadcasting for the A7FL. So that was my one year anniversary with the A7 as well. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And my son, my wife and I actually trekked out for that game while my wife was eight and a half months pregnant. Two oh, wow. weeks later, on April 7th, we had my son, and my son just turned one this past Friday. So no, no. we've all kind of grown with the A7 family, and that's awesome. I'm glad to be a part of it. Can't wait to see where it goes in the future. Um, the teams we have, the talent we have is amazing. Um, so I just hope that everybody turns up and turns out and shows their talent on Sunday like they do every week. And if you're going to get your popcorn ready, um, it's going to be a beautiful Sunday. So come out to the stadium and get your popcorn ready. I don't. <laughs> Speaking of which, we might have uh, kettle corn for sale with some A7FL or Las Vegas Kings branding on it. So <laughs> yeah, get your popcorn ready, but get it from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come get it ready at the stadium from us. Exactly. And, and with that, I want to say thank you, gentlemen. And as always, I am Casey Cox. He's Derek Duncan, Chris Vera. Thank you again to our guests, Big Mac and Rock from The Force. You represent well. Until next time, guys, we will see you on the other side of the ball. Want to bring the A7FL to your town? Well, you're in luck. Between now and October 1st, we are still taking applications to buy a division in the American Sevens Football League. Join Columbus for our 2023 season now. For more information on it, go to a7fl.com slash owners. That's a7fl.com slash owners. Get your piece of the future of football and bring us to your town.